today's episode, we are talking with Mickey Shore, Curriculum Director at All Saints Catholic School in Canton, Michigan. Mickey shares with us the steps her school took in implementing core knowledge in a religious setting, as well as provides insights and suggestions into a solid plan of implementation and continued success. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our latest episode of the Building Knowledge Podcast. Today, I have with me, Mickey Shores. Mickey comes to us from All Saints School in Michigan. So, Mickey, why don't you tell us a little bit about All Saints and your role there? All right. Well, All Saints Catholic School is a preschool through eighth grade school. Uh, We are relatively young in comparison to most Catholic schools. The school was founded in 1997, so we're celebrating our 25th year um, as a Catholic school. Uh, But I came to the school in 2012. I was hired on as the curriculum director. And at that point in time, our administration was really looking for a program that would be uh, cohesive and uh, content specific uh, for grades kindergarten through eighth grade. There were a lot of different programs out there that were being utilized, but they were only for early childhood or for middle school. And we were really looking for something with a little more cohesion from our, our very young students all the way up through eighth grade, because most of our student body stays with us that entire time. Uh, and in the process of trying to balance state standards and uh, Archdiocese of Detroit standards. And then at that point in time, the Common Core standards were just rolling out. We felt like there was uh, just a lot of a disconnect between textbook resources and resources teachers were finding uh, on their own. And we were really looking for something that had been research-based and uh, and cohesive. And so uh, my principal started the process of looking for um, programs, and that is when she came across Core Knowledge, and that was how our journey began as a Catholic school and looking uh, at applying Core Knowledge. And so what is your role there? What how, what do you actually um you said you were the curriculum coordinator. So what does that look like? Well, for me, what that looks like is meeting regularly with our teachers from preschool through our junior high, our eighth grade, uh, talking about content that will be coming up in their pacing guides, uh, looking at what resources they have, what resources they would like. Uh, Our geographical location, we are right between Ann Arbor, Michigan and Detroit, Michigan. So we have a lot of great uh, resources uh, for uh, teachers to utilize either as far as field trips or speakers coming in that are content specific. So working with them uh, to keep the program alive, not only for our students, but for our teaching staff as well, and just uh, giving them the supports they need for the content that we're asking them to teach. Do you all only use the sequence or do you utilize any of our actual materials? When we first adopted Core Knowledge, we were just using the sequence. 
And then uh, we started using CKLA in 2014, I believe, the first year that it had come into publication with Amplify. We we brought that uh, program in and started using CKLA for grades kindergarten through third grade. Now, since that time, we have uh, brought on uh, fourth grade and fifth grade to using the CKLA uh, kids. And we have just started utilizing um, the CKHG programs as well. Uh, Prior to that, we had been using uh, the the history and geography uh, books that had been partnered with uh, Pearson. uh, And and so then we made that change over when, when Core Knowledge made that change as well. Were there any obstacles that you faced when you were going through the implementation of the core knowledge sequence and then um, with CKLA? And were any of these obstacles due to being a Catholic school? That's a great question. I would say the first obstacle we faced before even officially deciding to adopt the sequence was just being able to see it in action in other schools. So at the time, back in 2012, we didn't have any core knowledge schools within our local area. And we had reached out to uh, the Core Knowledge Foundation and had asked at that time uh, if we could, we gave our demographics and uh, I worked really closely with with Jamie Talbot at that time, uh, giving him our demographics and saying, what other schools, it, regardless of location, have share our similar demographics that we could maybe go and see it in action. Um, and that was huge for us. So at that point in time, we were recommended to go see Liberty Common School in Fort Collins, Colorado. And we also went to see the Newark uh, Charter School in Newark, Delaware. And at those, that point in time, uh, those administrators were really great. We, we, My principal and I went to visit both of those schools. Um, and we had a million questions just about logistics of core knowledge, if we were even, if it was even going to be a possibility for our school. And um, so once we could see schools with our similar demographics and see it in action, uh, I mean, we were sold hook, line, and sinker once we could see it in action. So I think for schools considering core knowledge, it is so important to just get on site and, and visit a school. And now, I mean, that was back in 2012. Now there are so many schools nationwide utilizing the core knowledge sequence and uh, the the site on the core knowledge website where you can find a school is so extremely helpful. So if there were schools considering it, uh, you know, that was an obstacle for us that we didn't have anything real local. And so we had to travel a great distance, but it was so beneficial. Uh, We were so glad that that we had made that sacrifice and that decision to do it. because it it told us without a doubt that we wanted to to move forward. The second piece of that then that was an obstacle for us was finding the the text materials to support the sequence because it is such a rich curriculum that uh, 
you know, we were starting with textbooks that had been purchased on evaluation, whether um, not necessarily always for its content rich uh, uh, text. And so getting our staff uh, to refocus on what makes a good text resource or a resource in general, a good solid resource that it's engaging to students, it's thought provoking, it's, it's vocabulary specific and not just uh, pretty uh, was, was a huge transition. And so getting that buy-in from our staff of understanding what we're wanting to accomplish and how rethinking the resources that we utilize would make that happen. So really just start, and it was so big, like in the beginning, it was so big. And when we visited uh, the Newark school and uh, the Fort Collins school, both locations said, don't try and do it all at once. Like figure out a plan that works for you and slowly roll it out. And so that is what we did as well. Uh, we started by just utilizing uh, the social studies content the first year. And again, that was back in, in 2012-13. And it was from the social studies and history content that we were able to really get the buy-in from our staff uh, and have them utilize a lot of what was uh, included in the, the CKLAs or in the core knowledge sequence rather uh, to enhance not only their history lessons, but some of their religion lessons as well. Um, and the sequence is so, especially in the, his, the area of history and geography is so uh, dedicated to uh, so many of the, the um, areas of focus that are similar to our historical areas of focus in our religion classes, that it really was a good partnership for that. And it's funny that you mentioned that because that's what I hear when I've gone out to Catholic schools throughout the country is that they're able to pair it with the religion piece pretty easily mm -hmm. um, and that they haven't faced as many obstacles as you would think in terms of being able to make that integration. Um, so are you seeing anything now um, with parents, especially in our current climate um, with our materials versus maybe other materials um, that other schools might be using in the area? Well, I think that uh, with what we're utilizing now, I will say we're going to be adopting the, the second version of the CKLA. Um, and there are some pieces of literature that are, are going to uh, push our community uh, a little bit more than uh, previous texts. Uh, but our staff has done such a beautiful job of relating current, uh, current hot topic issues, I guess you could say, 
uh, with our text and having responsible conversations with our students at age appropriate levels, which is, again, completely from their core knowledge sequence training is understanding you can talk about and have discussions with young students about very deep and rich content at a developmentally appropriate level. So, you know, I I would say that background, you know, since 2012, when we first introduced the sequence and, uh, you know, some of our first grade teachers were, were up in arms, like ancient Mesopotamia, how do we cover ancient Mesopotamia with first graders? But then with once given the resources and the background knowledge themselves, finding that developmental appropriateness became second nature to them. And so now it's been really fascinating, especially in the last, you know, say three, four years, uh, we have a very diverse community here at All Saints Catholic School. Uh, we are a Catholic school, but we have many students that attend that are not Catholic. And uh, like I said, our location being uh, in the middle of de- between Detroit and Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, two metropolitan areas, uh, give us a, a very diverse community. And um, so that sensitivity to uh, to different cultures and and uh, climate throughout this uh, climate has been on the forefront of of our administration's uh, foresight and our teachers' foresight. But again, like remembering that developmental appropriateness, having open and honest conversations, uh, and then reserving the right to say, you know, when it's it's time to to have those conversations at home. Now, when the new core knowledge uh, language arts uh, program comes out, there are a couple of pieces of literature that uh, we are still on the fence about whether we're going to continue to to uh, use that specific domain. But by and large, there are lots of opportunities uh, for uh, some swap out in the content. So I know uh, even in the in the prior sequence, uh, there was a Shakespearean uh, play that was that was taught at the eighth grade level. And we ended up switching that out for Macbeth. And so the students were still getting that exposure to Shakespearean language and um, a similar piece of literature that might not uh, might not be as challenging for a Catholic school to teach. Absolutely. I love that, um, that you talked about that flex- flexibility, because some people don't understand that there are opportunities for that, um, just to be able to read your community um, and know that you can make you can make those changes. So how do you support new teachers that come um, on with your staff? Because ob- obviously in 2012, you had that big push for implementation and everybody was on board with that, but when new teachers come in, how do you, how do you and your role support them? Sure. First of all, uh, they're very most teachers are very surprised when they come on board to our school uh, how organized things are right out of the gate. So we already have the pacing guides, and you know from from basically day one, 
they have the pacing guides in front of them with the standards. And, you know, as part of my role as, as the curriculum director is to align the sequence with our uh, archdiocesan standards and uh, common core standards. So they, in, in, at their fingertips, have a resource that domain by domain goes through and identifies what uh, standards they're going to be covering and roughly when. Um, and so that helps, especially for our, our new teachers, see, okay, I've got a game plan. I've got a, a, you know, I'm here at point A. This is what I need to do to get to point B for this domain. And then uh, as a Catholic school, we're unique in the size that we're, we're relatively large. We have three uh, class sessions per grade level. You know, so we have about 600 students here at All Saints Catholic School. And so uh, when a new teacher comes in, they're working with a team of teachers. Uh, they're not isolated as like the, the only third grade teacher. You know, they have other third grade teachers to work with. And then in addition to not only having the pacing guides and their, their uh, standards before them, you know, we have collected resources and just stayed very organized. So, you know, when it is time for them to start their, um, you know, their unit on ancient civilizations, like they have basically a bin at, at hand and say, these are resources we've collected to this point, you know, but they're always encouraged to add to, or, or like I said before, swap out with with consultation, uh, you know, other resources that they could use. So finally, what advice would you give for either other Catholic schools or even just religious schools in general who are looking at implementing core knowledge? I would say first thing is find a core knowledge school locally you know, within your, uh, your area and just sit down and visit with, with them, look at the student work samples that are hanging on the walls. That's what blew us away right away when we were able to go and visit, uh, Liberty Common School and Newark Charter School. Um, from the moment we walked in the door, the, everything that was on display was student produced and so content rich. Uh, and we knew that's what we wanted for our students. We wanted our students to be getting the educational experience where they could produce what we were seeing. And uh, we just had very real open conversations with their administration. And then we made great contacts with their staff. Um, you know, both the principal at the time at Liberty Common and at Newark Charter uh, gave us a roster of staff members that we could reach out to. And so we literally came back and partnered with our teachers and gave our first grade teachers other first grade teacher contacts so that they could question them. It wasn't just from the top coming down. They could talk to other grade level teachers and say, you work with the same age kids every single day. How do I, you know, for like we said before, teach ancient Mesopotamia to first graders? You know, what are things that, 
you do to help get them engaged in the content, to help the vocabulary be more relevant. And so being able to partner with teachers in their same position um, was huge. And then the other piece of advice I would give is have an organized plan for how you want to roll it out. Um, We had been given suggestions that you could roll it out in kindergarten and each year just kind of add a grade. Um, But we didn't want to, we didn't want to have to wait a decade basically at our school to see that all come together. Uh, You can pick different top uh, uh, content areas, which was what we did, you know, starting with history. And then we added uh, literature and math. And uh, then we brought in science and that rollout made it a little more palatable for our teachers that also had to get accustomed to change, uh, to the change. Um, and I mean, it, from a budget standpoint as well, it was, it was a lot to change over uh, the materials we had been using to start looking at materials through a new lens of uh, having something that was content rich and uh now that core knowledge has started to produce more of these materials, like the history materials, uh, the science materials, having the CKLA um, kits, you know, that has been huge because it saves uh, a lot on a school level, knowing that the that core knowledge is research based and they've done their homework. We have developed that trust that if core knowledge is putting their their mark on it, that it is a reliable and uh, and reputable source. So that has been very helpful now versus, you know, say 10 years ago. Um, but just to have a, a plan and, and be realistic that there are growing pains and buy-in uh, while it does come, uh, changes is difficult, changes is hard. So convincing you know, kindergarten teachers that uh, their Native American unit mm, isn't going to necessarily be taught in November when they have always pulled out their November bin and taught Native Americans then that they have to build that prior knowledge and have that understanding of uh, the continents and and building that prior knowledge before they can really uh, deeply dive into the content that they're going to be teaching about Native Americans, having that buy-in, it takes some time. And so from an administrative uh, lens, just being patient and understanding that sometimes there is going to be pushback. uh, But really, once, once our teachers that first year could live it, and see it and talk to other teachers at their grade level from these other core knowledge schools. Um, year two was so much easier and, and came with a lot of excitement, a lot of fresh ideas. And, uh, and it, it has been very fruitful here at All Saints Catholic School. Thank you so much for sharing some of your experiences and some of your knowledge and suggestions for schools that are trying to implement core knowledge. Can they reach out to you if they have any further questions? Absolutely. Um, You know, I tend to be a very excited person. And uh, especially when it comes to the success that 
All Saints Catholic School has uh, achieved in partnering with Core Knowledge. The foundation itself was so helpful to us in the beginning, and we had so many uh, great educators that helped us in our journey. Um, it's easy for me to get really excited and to share, you know, what has worked. So I am happy to uh, help any of our fellow schools that are considering that, and especially the Catholic schools, like being able to tie the Catholic identity into a lot of the content areas is is something that I particularly enjoy, uh, or the Christian identity. So if you, if there are schools out there that are are Christian based and they're looking for ways to to bridge that, I would I would be more than happy to work with them. Thank you so much. And I'm sure there'll be people reaching out to you. Again, thank you for being on our podcast today. Um, We wish you all the continued success. Thank you so much. Take care.